to the Employer Blueprint Podcast, where we help leaders build great teams for great companies with your host, entrepreneur and leadership coach, Kyle Gorman. Accountability is critical to the success of our organization, but we oftentimes don't think of accountability the right way. Um, We sometimes think about it almost like it's a negative term that we're going to hold employees accountable. We're going to hold people accountable as though they've done something wrong and there's going to be justice to what they've done. And, And really, the way that we need to think about accountability is the positive impact that this has in our organizational culture. Um... You know, today we're going to talk about this from from an expert in the space of uh, developing a culture of accountability and what this means, especially for you as the business leader and how it can provide you more freedom, more flexibility, and really streamline the processes of your business uh, to make you even stronger and healthier and, and have the ability to scale. So uh, get the idea out of your head that, that accountability is something you only do um, whenever someone is underperforming and you feel like you have to kind of hold them accountable. That's not the case. Accountability is a, is a great and healthy thing for any organization, including for your top performers. We want to create an environment where we're holding everyone accountable. And we want to create an environment where they are able to hold us accountable, or we have other people in our lives uh, that are able to hold us accountable so that it's not just about what we're doing with others, but that we are practicing that as well. And it can really have an amazing impact on your business if you're willing to put the work in and to build the, the strategies today to create this culture uh, ongoing within your business. So enjoy today's episode. Some really good information in here. As always, be sure you subscribe to the show. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us at podcast at employerblueprint.com. Thanks so much. Well, thank you so much for joining us this week on the Employer Blueprint Podcast. Uh, we, uh, as you know, we love to really dive into um, what it looks like to build healthy company cultures and how that impacts our business. And so uh, we've got our, our resident expert with us, Vicki Suter, today out of uh, Northern California. And uh, she's written a, a great book on the profitability side of this, but also just what it looks like to build a culture um, in which we hold people accountable and, and, uh, and we do so in a way that's still um, humanizes the business and keeps a human aspect to it. So Vicki, thank you so much for joining us and, um, uh, kick us off here. Just kind of walk us through your, your experience, what your, um, career looked like that's got you to where you are now. Okay. Thanks for, first of all, thanks for having me, Kyle. I appreciate it. Um, let's see. So for the last 30 years, I have been helping small to mid-sized businesses grow, thrive, and prosper. And um, part of the, the focus of my work is really helping people understand what drives profitability in their business and how to um, set goals around that, how to get teams aligned with that, and how to create um, a structure where you're learning how to manage for results to get where you want to go mm-hmm. and instead of just working really hard and hoping it all turns out. So I really give people the tools and the thinking that help them um, build more sustainably successful businesses. Yeah. And before I started this business, I was um, a controller for an international training company for five years, and I was in banking for seven years before that in lending. Okay. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that you um, talk about, and, and I'll kind of put this in quotes, a culture of accountability. And, um, you know, as a small, mid-sized business owner, business leader, um, that accountability piece sometimes 
can be a challenge. It gets us out of our comfort zone a little bit because there is this, this unique balance of building healthy relationships, but also running a business and making sure that we're, we are doing that. And, and this accounting accountability piece is critical in that. Um, so, you know, I guess just kind of high level, first of all, what does it even mean to build a culture of accountability within a smaller mid-sized company? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, how I look at cultures of accountability is that um, it's the it's creating a culture where everybody has that sense of belonging, mattering, and ownership for what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, so many times we set, especially if we're a small business and we've learned through the school of hard knocks and building and growing a business that we think that you know, when we first start hiring people that they become sort of helpers as opposed to looking at them and going, how can I hire somebody and hold them accountable for a result? Mm -hmm. So when I think of, when I say the words cultures of accountability, it's giving people accountability and ownership for a particular result or a specific result so that they have the opportunity to make a contribution and have a sense of, um, uh, a sense of belonging and ownership with right. you as opposed to just being a helper. It's just much more empowering for people. Yeah. yeah. Do you see though, that whenever you are working with, with people to do this um, and, and trying to create not just a one-off situation where you're holding an individual accountable, because oftentimes what we see is that's whenever accountability comes up is if you have someone that's underperforming, then, you know, the boss says, well, we've got to hold them accountable. And so we're going to kind of put something in place for them. But really what you're looking at is creating a business culture of that in which that's sort of the norm. Do you ever find that when, when people are doing that, they, they take that concept maybe to the extreme and, um, uh, to the point that it's all about bottom line figures, dollars and cents, doing this structure exactly as it is. And what are the risks whenever we start really trying to develop an accountability culture within the organization? Uh, there's a couple of things that occur to me as I listen to. So um, I'm going to first address your question, which is, do I find that when people get too focused on the bottom line and profitability that that actually backfires on them and they right. end up having people sort of bristle at that idea? Um I, I don't run into that as often as one might think in small yeah. to mid-sized yeah. businesses. I mean, I get that that can be a concept, um, particularly in larger corporations mm-hmm. where people feel like they're just a, you know, they're just a body and a seat or they're just a number and that they don't have any, um, any value and purpose and belonging. And, right. and that can, and that is a, that's a communication thing, right? That's a, um, that's an issue of, uh, are you giving people an opportunity to feel like they own part of it? And when I say mm-hmm. own part of it, I don't mean that they own stock. Right. Um, right. So, you know, one of the things when I look at this whole concept of cultures of accountability or people taking ownership, the very first thing that has to happen is that we as managers and leaders need to define what does it mean winning the game together. Mm-hmm. And winning the game together means that I have clearly defined with a job description or what I call position agreements, um, what's the criteria for success for that person in the job so that it's not just about the company and the money, but when, my, when the people who work for me are successful and they know how to win the game and we've set up a game that 
where people know how to win, mm -hmm. then they're going to have a greater sense of satisfaction and a greater sense of reward out of that. Because, you know, there's intrinsic motivation that we all have. And when we can understand how to tap into that as managers and leaders, then what we're going to find is that people naturally want to take more ownership and want to have more accountability. Mm -hmm. Because fundamentally, as human beings, we all want to have a sense of belonging, mattering, and purpose in what yeah. we do. Yeah. And so that's our job is to set up the structure within the organization to give them the opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, one, one way I look at this is I have this analogy that I say, Imagine when, you know, we've all played Monopoly at some point. Most people, whenever I query an audience, they say, yes, you know, I played Monopoly. And, and I don't know about you, Kyle, but when I first learned how to play Monopoly, I have three older brothers and they basically told me the fundamental rules of, you know, the, the rules of the game are whoever has the most money at the end wins. And you collect yeah. 200 to go, you get a little shoe, you throw right. the dice, you know, if you stop on chance, you pick up a card. And by the way, buy properties um, because that's the way you can make more money. Mm -hmm. Now, I lost a lot of Monopoly games when all I knew was that set of rules about how to be successful at playing Monopoly. And I think it was, you know, several years after um, really getting discouraged that my oldest brother finally, I think, took pity, pity on me and he said, well, let me explain to you the strategy of how to win the game. And then he explained to me the strategy of, hey, if you're going to um, buy property, make sure to buy all four railroads because you can collect, you know, lots more rent for it. Right. And buy park place and boardwalk because the chances of people stopping there are greater. And you want to make sure that you, you know, you really negotiate to get all the properties in one block so that you can make sure to, you know, charge more rent and, and buy, uh, you know, hotels and so on and so forth. And yeah. it's like once... The, once I was able to see the strategy of how to win the game, mm -hmm. then I started winning the game of Monopoly. Well, it's true for our employees, too. Mm -hmm. When we define in job descriptions and position agreements the strategy for how to win the game, what are those results? Mm -hmm. Then people will naturally, you know, it's like then people know how to win the game. And it's not dependent, you know, this whole interesting thing about, you know, having people take accountability and ownership we as leaders are the problem because we don't actually oftentimes give people the results that will let them actually own it. Right. Their, you know, their results are all driven based on our feedback, mm -hmm. which then keeps us constantly tied into having to, you know, micromanage people. And, mm -hmm. and that's, you know, that's that vicious circle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the risks that, that you take, um, and I think uh, kind of getting into the psyche of your small business owner, um, obviously they want to take ownership of everything. I mean, as the owner, you know, we built this, we created this and uh, we don't want to take any chances. And so one of the big risks that we're taking is recognizing that people will fall sometimes they, they will fail and that's part of it. And you know, the way that, the way that I often refer to this is the, the idea that, you know, we're giving people freedom to succeed and we also are giving them freedom to fail. So, Whenever we know we're taking that risk, when that happens, what do we do? What do we do with someone whenever they, um, we've, we've set up this, this culture of accountability, we're giving people the autonomy to go do these things, and then occasionally they fall flat on their face. How do we as leaders help them through that? Um, so I, I um, love the word that you just used, autonomy, because there's this interesting distinction that I see that when people, you know, when people hear the words 
um, autonomy and people hear the words of giving people ownership and letting them own it. And, you know, it's all yours, go for it. Well, there's this little thing that happens sometimes is what we actually end up doing is abdicating Mm. as opposed to really managing for results with somebody. And so that's really a key distinction here is one of the things I say is, you know, yes, like let them take ownership of those results, define what the results are. And then you've got to set up a structure for accountability. You've got to set up the structure whereby, you know, if I'm working with a, let's say a project manager Mm -hmm. And I go, hey, you go run that job. It's all yours. And, um, you know, I totally trust you. I have faith in you. You're a great guy or gal. Uh, you know, go for it. Mm-hmm. But then I never have any, any, anywhere where we're sitting down and going, okay, how's the schedule going? How are you doing in terms of, you know, your hours burned? And are you on track or off track? How is the relationship going with the customer? Mm-hmm. Um, where, you know, when are you going to be finished? What's it, you know, are we going to be on budget or over budget? If I'm not having that, if I don't have some format for having engagement with that project manager, on a regular basis, and I don't mean micromanaging them, I just mean where that project manager has to come in and sit down and meet with me and go, mm-hmm. give me an update. And here's what th- that means to have an update is you're going to give me information about the schedule, about open items with the client, about the you know dollars and cents on the budget, mm-hmm. and any other issues going on on the job. Now, that project manager knows well, that's what I'm accountable for. Those are the results. And I've got to, I've got to come to that meeting prepared to report on that. Mm-hmm. Now what I've done is I've set up a structure where they own it. They're responsible for, um, so for reporting to me about it. Mm-hmm. And we're in a dialogue about it. I'm not just hoping that it's all going to turn out. So those are, the, those are the, you know, if you do that, you set up your structure with your team in that way where they have to report up to you right? So you're not chasing after information. That's when you set up a job description or position agreement where the results are specific and there's clear accountability and reporting accountability that's specific and measurable. Mm -hmm. And then you, you as a leader and manager hold to having those meetings, checking in, having a structure around which you can manage results with them. Mm -hmm. Then what you've done is you've given them the opportunity to um, have to, you know, uh, stop every once in a while, whether that's weekly, biweekly, or whatever, and go, how am I doing? Like, right. they're self-assessing their results. Mm-hmm. And then they're showing up at the meeting to then have an engagement with me about, you know, how's that, how's that project going? Right. So it creates a complete, that, you know, cre- setting up that structure for accountability mm-hmm. is really a key piece that will, you know, it's not to say people won't make mistakes. You know, you and I can sit here, Kyle, and talk about all the mistakes we've made out of our life, you know, in yeah. our lives and how like that's really been a blessing to help us be better at what we do. It's not that we don't make mistakes. It's just, we don't let it, we don't let somebody crash and burn and mm-hmm. then go, Man, you know, you really blew that. Like, you know, we have, you know, we set it up so that there's an opportunity to let them fail and own their failure, but also so that they don't crash and burn and that we don't end up, you know, putting our businesses at high risk. And I, I totally appreciate that this is, this is a place, especially as we're going a business and we're a small business owner, that whole thing of letting go of control, as you say, you know, it's like we're used to controlling the results and we know if we control the results, that it, it's more predictable. Um, this is your pathway to being able to 
let go of some of that control, but maintain a structure where you're not just abdicating and you're not taking on some huge risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so if I'm, if I'm sitting here listening to this and I own a small business, um, it sounds like a lot of work. You know, it's, it's, you know, right now we're kind of an autopilot and things are moving along and I've got, um, you know, eight or 10 employees and they're, they're doing their jobs. Uh, I'm doing mine. Things are okay. So obviously, um, you know, there, there's always got to be a reason for it. And, and I think there's, there's a lot of proof that it'll actually help grow our business. It helps us scale better whenever we do this. So, um, right. So what's the purpose of it? I mean, from a financial perspective, what's the impact to this whenever we can re- create this type of environment in our business? Well, let me tell you a story because that might be the best way to actually demonstrate okay. this. Um, I have a client that about five years ago started working with me. And when they first, it was two partners, when they first came in, they were um, in, you know, their business was going okay. They weren't in major financial distress. It was, you know, kind of going along, but they had sort of hit this plateau. Mm -hmm. And they were both honestly working more hours than they wanted to. They were both tired. Uh, They, neither of them um, had taken a vacation for more than like about five days at a time. Mm -hmm. They never took time off at the same time. And they were always on high alert about making sure that everything was going to work out in their business day in and day out operations. And the entire business depended on them mm-hmm. and, and their, uh, their being there to engage with and have to manage things day in and day out. And it, it wasn't horrible, but they were like, you know what, um, we just don't, we want to be able to be away from our business for more time. We don't. We want to be able to be away at the same time and right. not have to worry about our business. We want to be able to grow and scale our business to the next level. Yeah. And the way that we have it structured right now, we can't really do that because we're at sort of max capacity to how much we can actually do. And we, you know, we we need to have some different solutions. Mm-hmm. And um, what we did is we put in position agreements with them. We started looking at their organizational structure, and it's like, okay, well, what are all the things that you do? What can other people do? We started to make some shifts in. Um, how their team took ownership of different elements, started to develop their team, started to um, hire some other people who had uh, who could take on some of the things that one of the partners was doing in terms of estimating on projects. And as they and really their focus was building their team. Right. They had to build systems. They had to build structure. The first thing they had to do was define what the team was. They had to define the results for those different positions on the team. And then they developed feedback systems. And then they, um, they put in place uh, an accountability and reporting structure. Right. And, and as I recall, in this situation, they were actually able to take some time off uh, very quickly within just a couple of months. And of course, as you would expect, something did happen with a client. Um, what was the impact of this? What happened with that? The superintendent handled it. They didn't have to get on the phone. They didn't have to deal with the client. They didn't have to, you know, come back from their vacation. Uh, The superintendent completely managed that breakdown. And when, you know, they got back, they, you know, checked in with the client, did all those things. Um, And they work less hours now than they have ever worked in their entire 15 years prior. They um, make more money than they've ever made. They, are, they have a team that loves working with each other. 
because the team gets that they're the ones that drive the business day in and day out. It's no longer just about them. So they've created a culture where really great people work and want to work because those people really see that that company's got their stuff together, that they're well run, that um, the people who work for them have that sense of ownership and really pride of working for that company. Mm -hmm. and, and really what it took is them shifting from it's about me and I manage and control it to I, it's my job is to develop my team. That when they realized and they started to make that shift and go, all right, if I can do that in a way that I'm not abdicating, I don't just, you know, um, give it all up and hope for the best, but they did it in a way that was a planned way. Well, like it was a complete win-win all the way around. And, you know, within a, a few years, you know, one of the owners came to me and she goes, I got to tell you, I'm having more fun in my business now than I've ever had in 15 years. And I love what I do again, because I was not... I wasn't, it wasn't horrible, but I was not loving what I do. She goes, I love what I do. Yeah. And so what do you get? You get to love what you do again. You get to have more joy and fun. You get to build a culture and a business where the best of the best want to work. You get to make more money and mm -hmm. you get to have a place that's fun. Um, yeah. I, yeah. So, and, and I, you know, that's, it, I, I hear that a lot from people who, who implement the kind of principles that I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's the valuable lesson for people to really understand um, when they're trying to figure out to, to the way that you put it, you know, just building a strategy for this in a business, because it's not about just saying, well, I'm going to hold everybody accountable today. It's, it's developing a plan. I mean, we have to be intentional about that um, and create an actual strategy for how we're going to do this in our business. But the long-term impact of that, although it may seem like more work today to build a strategy for how we're going to manage things internally, there is a direct impact to the to, to the bottom line of the business um, and how it actually impacts us financially and how it impacts our personal health and our work-life balance and everything else. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think that that financial piece is the one that a lot of people have, have trouble understanding because they just see, well, we're talking about more work on me. Um, and there is initially, but ultimately the goal is by, by creating this type of environment, we're putting less work on you and we're actually scaling the business financially by doing it. Yeah. And part of what I say to people, um, Kyle, is this, that's that going through, you have to kind of go through the eye of the needle. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it took us a while to build whatever that business is to the place where it is today. Yeah. And it takes time to um, shift that. And for those two people, and I've seen this for a lot of managers and leaders, it, what this whole thing I'm talking about requires is us taking ourselves on and learning to um, learning to be different in how we manage and engage with people and learning a way to be able to swap out, you know, domination and control of everything that happens in my business to learning how to manage from 30,000 feet and manage right. for results. Right. That's a practice. Just like we learned whatever the trade is that we have, whatever the skill is we have that we in, in the world, this is another skill that when we can develop and we can learn it, mm -hmm. um, it can create, you know, amazing results. Right. Right. Now, you know, in this story that you were kind of talking about, I mean, is that, um, is that kind of the basis or is that, that where the foundation for your latest book comes in, The Profit Bleed and helping understand that type of impact and, and how, as we look at other aspects of the business, the way it actually impacts that bottom line piece as well? Yes. Yeah. So, the you know, the book talks about 
uh, all the different areas of our business and how do we understand where profits are made and lost in each area of our business. Mm-hmm. And really the principles behind all of that is when you understand the key drivers that are that cause success or failure in each area of your business, then you can start to um, get more control over those things. Because while there's a million things that we do day in and day out, I'll go back to the example of a project manager. Mm -hmm. So a project manager has a lot of things that they do every week, but there's three critical things that a project manager needs to do. One of them is to managing schedule. The other is to manage budget and the other is to manage scope. Mm-hmm. And you know, in you know, it's in project management, it's on time, on budget, as promised. Mm-hmm. And so, those are the three most critical things that they have to do. Well, what are the three most critical things that mm-hmm. they, you know, results that they need to manage? Well, it's a schedule, it's a budget, and it's the client relationship, and making sure that you're on track with what you know you originally promised or what currently the the scope of that job is. Mm-hmm. Um, When, in part of what I talk about in the book is in each area of your business, whether it's in production or finance or or, um, estimating, I talk about what are those, like less than a handful of critical things that will let you, what I say is to let you keep your finger on the pulse of, right? The most critical drivers for the success of your business and that when you when and and that can really help like in terms of you know part of what you were talking about a minute ago is it can be a little bit daunting there's so many things and I'm, i'm doing all these other things how do i find time to do how do I, it feels like it's just doing more. Right. Well, if you find the most, part of what I always talk about is if you can manage from 30,000 feet, 30,000 feet, what are those critical things? So what the book talks about is what are those things in each area of your business that will let you keep your finger on the pulse let, that will let you manage from the bigger picture of 30,000 feet versus all of the day-to-day tasks that will keep you focused on the most important things. And, and I always say, you know, I get that there's a lot of um, depth and complexity to business, but I don't think that it has to be complicated. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that it has to be hard. I think that when we can understand the simple things, mm-hmm. the most critical simple things that drive our success, then we can have more control over creating that success. Yeah. You know, consistently. Right, right. That's really, really good. Um, well, Vicki, this is this is some great information. I've got like five other questions here I'd love to dive into, but I know um, there would be an hour and a half show if we did that. Um, so I may have you on again sometime just to talk about some other things as, as we could kind of go into this a little bit further. Um, right. But tell us, how can we uh, learn more about you and some of the, the services that you provide out there, get some information on the book that you have out there? How can we, how can we follow you? So, um, in, in terms of learning more about me, you can go to my website, which is suiterbusinessbuilders.com. That's S-U-I-T-E-R, businessbuilders.com. And um, I wanted to offer as a uh, gift to your listeners, Kyle, that for a limited time, I'm offering my book for free. All you have to do is pay shipping and handling. Right. Um, and that is available at theprofitbleed.com. Mm-hmm. forward slash free. 
So that's the profitbleed.com forward slash free. And one of the things that's an offer at the end actually is if people want to get, I, uh, one of the things that I, I offer is this whole toolbox of all of these tools and resources that are the, what are the critical things, you know, templates, tools, uh, checklists that you can use uh, that, that you can check that out too, as you're buying the book, but um, as you're paying, getting the book, but you don't, you're not, no requirement for that, but the shipping and handling is just $7.95. Okay. That is great. Yeah. So we will have a, um, we'll have a link to that and yeah, definitely go check that out. What a great resource. Uh, appreciate you putting that out there. Um, well, very good, Vicki. Thanks so much. I appreciate you taking the time today and uh, just well. sharing your information. I, I think this is great for people to hear and understand as we try to, you know, navigate this crazy thing called business and how we do that in a healthy way with our team. So thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you, Kyle. Thanks for joining us on the Employer Blueprint Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show to receive the latest episodes. For more information on how Employer Blueprint can help build great teams in your business, visit EmployerBlueprint.com. Or to inquire about Kyle speaking at your next event, visit KyleGorman.com. And until next time, make it a great day. Make it a great day.